0: Hello and welcome to Complete Caribbean, a Travel Pulse podcast all about the world's favorite warm weather destination, the Caribbean. I'm writer, editor and Caribbean travel expert, Jet Set Sarah.
1: And I'm Brian Major, managing editor here at Travel Pulse. We're happy to have you join us today as we discuss the ins and the outs of Caribbean travel and we share the latest info and intelligence on this wonderfully diverse region. Let's get started.
0: Well, hello, everybody. We are so glad you're here to join us for the second episode of Complete Caribbean. It is Monday, April 19th, the start of, I'm sure, another busy week for travel. So we're going to get right stuck in with our new section, This Just In. So the first thing I wanted to talk to you today about is vaccination. You know, the vaccines are being rolled out across our country, across the world. And in response to that, we're finding that Caribbean countries are changing their entry regulations. So now it's not just about whether you've had a negative test or whether that test was a PCR test or a rapid test. Now it's about have you been vaccinated? So Brian and I wanted to talk to you a bit about changes that we've seen happening just about the last week or so in Anguilla in Belize and in Barbados, and also uh, some interesting news out of the USVI. So Brian, I think I'll start with Anguilla because that's really the most complex one. You know those Anguillians—they're so fancy. Um, but essentially, Anguilla is changing their COVID entry public their COVID entry requirements in stages. So, as of last Monday, they said that if you have been fully vaccinated, meaning that if you've been vaccinated three weeks before you at, you know got your second injection three weeks before you travel, now instead of quarantining for 14 days in the bubble, you're going to quarantine in half that time in seven days then now and and that's basically there's more I I will tell you go to ivisitanguilla.com for all the regulations in detail because they are very detailed but I'll, I'll just give you the overview so then as of May 1st everything changes again if you are coming to Anguilla in a group of 10 or more people for a wedding something like that you all must be vaccinated then when you get on the island if you have been vaccinated and the people at the spa or... Uh you know, whichever therapy center you might want to go to and have a treatment, if the if the uh, person who's performing the treatment has been vaccinated and you've been vaccinated, then you're okay. Spa is open, hooray! <laughs> and also by May first, Anguilla has to, aims to have all of its frontline destination frontline destination tourism workers all vaccinated as well. So that's really good news. Population of sixteen thousand, and I know many people are involved directly or indirectly in tourism. So that's really good news for all of us. Then we have another phase that goes from July 1st to August 31st. And basically, this one says that if you want to come to Anguilla, you're going to need to be vaccinated three weeks before you arrive. And when you're vaccinated, then you won't be tested on arrival as you are now. So that's that's not too bad, right? Basically, we're giving people an incentive. The Anguillians are giving people an incentive really to get your vaccinations because after July, if you're not vaccinated, you're going to find it pretty tough to go there. And then phase three begins October 1st. Um, the whole travel authorization system that they have up now is going to disappear. You will no longer have to pay that fee. There'll no longer be all of that testing. It just be, you have to be vaccinated. So Anguilla. phew, <laughs> I feel like I need a cigarette after that, but go to <laughs> iVisitAngola.com and you can get all the details. Brian, I know Barbados is a lot simpler, right?
1: Barbados is a lot simpler. You still will have to. Um, you, Barbados, in effect, has narrowed the window for folks who are vaccinated. Narrowed the window of uh, quarantine. Uh, rather than five days, I believe it's now down to three days that you will be um, limited to your property. Um, but with the same as uh, as with uh, as Sarah's mentioning with Anguilla, Barbados has changed its um, protocols frequently. And we'll continue to do so. Always go to visitbarbados dot org for um, for the updated information uh, on the destination. But yeah, they've narrowed the window, and um, you know, vaccines are are becoming. I mean, you've probably heard it before, but it's it's becoming the game changer for um for for the resumption of travel because Belize has now um, eliminated the quarantine period, any quarantine period for folks who come in with evidence of approved vaccinations. So um, org is the organization, is the website um, for all of the specifics. As Sarah said, you need to look at those sites and look at the specifics, then work with your travel advisor to um, create a, um, a vacation plan for yourself um, <clears throat> so that you know all of the all of the requirements, what you're going to be required to do. And, of course, when you're in those destinations, you're going to practice the same social distancing uh, that you do and uh, mask wearing that you do here in the States. So, um, yeah, that's available. And then, and you know, one of our the, our colleagues, uh, Gay Myers, who works for Travel Weekly, uh, recently uh, pointed out in an article that uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, has enough vaccine supply that you are able to travel there and get vaccinated while in the destination. Now, the the tourism commissioner Joseph Boshulte, uh has uh, pointed out that um, you know they're not marketing that as a uh, as a tourism form, but it is available. They have enough vaccine supply. They have local goals. For, um, for vaccination of their residents is a critical factor. They have enough vaccine for their residents and they have a, a target. I'm looking at my notes here to make sure I have it right. They have a self-imposed deadline of having 50% of the population of 106,000 residents vaccinated by July 1st. And they're about a third of the way there. So they're doing very well um, with vaccination. So you will be able to vacation in the Caribbean if you are vaccinated increasingly. That is a key factor in your travel there.
0: Absolutely. And it's good to know that certainly with the, when you go to the USVI, at least according to the commissioner, you are not, if you get vaccinated there, you absolutely are not robbing a local islander of their chance to be vaccinated. They actually do have enough doses for their population and more. So I want to say thanks for sharing, USVI. That's very kind of you. And if you are planning a, quote, unquote, vaccination, I think it's too late. That's already been made a word, right? Uh, if you're planning a vaccination, then think about the United it States. Virgin Islands. Okay. well, you know, there's never a dull moment in Caribbean cruising where the us. is concerned. We have seen the C- CDC still has not given the cruise lines permission to cruise from any American home ports. but you know what they say, necessity is the mother of invention, and those cruise lines have to make some money and cruisers got to get back on board. And so what we've seen cruise lines doing, that what we have seen cruise lines doing, is starting cruising this summer, but not from American home ports. They're increasingly using Caribbean home ports. So the good news is if you thought you weren't going to cruise for a while, think again, because as long as you're willing to board your cruise in a Caribbean port, of which we have at least four or five new ones, you are going to be able to cruise uh, this summer. So Brian and I thought we would run down very quickly for you some of the options that you have. Um, Essentially, you know, the Caribbean obviously is welcoming guests. Um, Many of the cruise lines that we're going to mention are also going to the Greek islands, which is allowing Americans to come there this summer, and also to Iceland, which is also allowing, I believe, vaccinated Americans to come there too. So, But, you know, we're all about the Caribbean, so we'll focus on the Caribbean, but just full disclosure, you could go to the Greek islands or Iceland too, but, you know, why would you want to? Anyhow... (laughs) So basically, anytime from June on, you are going to be able to cruise the Caribbean. Celebrity, for example, has Celebrity Millennium. They are doing Caribbean cruises from St. Martin as a new home port beginning on June 5th. One thing to note with Celebrity and all the other cruise lines that we're going to talk about now is that you will be required to be vaccinated. It's not a if you want to, it's not an optional thing to be on board. Passengers must be vaccinated. And also most of the cruise lines are also telling us that their staff will be staff and crew will be vaccinated also. So that's good news. Um, I think the first people out of the gate with their announcement um, of cruises starting, I believe, on in July was Crystal. Crystal. Crystal is uh, taking their Crystal Serenity, therefore, with a the new home port in Nassau. And they will be doing a Bahamas-only itinerary, going to some of the out islands like Great Exuma and Harbor Island. And that begins July 3rd. So you just have to fly yourself to Nassau. And they also have Crystal Symphony doing 10-day cruises from none other than Antigua, another new uh, Caribbean home port. Those begin August 5th. But I know Brian Norwegian's getting in on the game too, right?
1: that is correct Sarah Norwegian cruise line will be sailing for a couple of uh, Caribbean ports um, from Montego Bay and uh, also from la which was a surprise for me to me uh La Romana which is a the D- Dominican Republic. Port. Um, the Dominican Republic actually now has two major ports, La Romana and Puerto Plata. Um, but again, um, these will be on NTL. Norwegian Cruise Lines, Norwegian Joy, will begin sailing um, on August 7th from, uh, from Montego Bay. And Norwegian Jim uh, will sail from La Romana uh, beginning August 15th. All passengers and crew on sailings will be required to receive full COVID-19 vaccination. Okay. So you will be, um, you, they will also be sailing with reduced capacities. It's not the normal um, contingent of passengers. I think it's around, it's between one third to 50% depending on the line. I'm not sure about NCL right now, but you should go to ncl.com, all the information is there. Um, you, you will know how, the exact condition uh, under which you'll be sailing. And uh, also we've got Royal Caribbean, Sailing uh, round trip from Nassau beginning in June, uh, Celebrities sailing from St. Martin in June uh, in August uh, in June, uh, and then through August, aboard Celebrity Millennium. So um, there's lots of choice in the region. Um, one more I want to mention is adventure from the C- Adventure of the Seas, which will sail from Nassau beginning in June and that's a Royal Caribbean ship so there's um, there's lots of options
0: yeah I mean I, I know Royal Caribbean even has vision of the seas launching from Bermuda they I saw that they are doing seven day cruises from Bermuda in June and then don't forget Windstar because Windstar um, will sail the star breeze right from Phillipsburg in St Martin um, beginning in June. so cruises if you want to get back out there, Just go ahead and do it, right? Just as long as you are available to fly to Antigua or Jamaica or St. Martin or Nassau, you still can cruise. That's good news.
1: You know, it's become a little bit of a political football as the cruise lines and the the people who love the cruise battle back and forth, and 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 with the CDC. But as you pointed out, Sarah, the cruise lines. You know, uh, when I was with Clear, the one thing they pointed out to us was that cruise ships are mobile. They will uh, go to where the market is and where the market will sail from. And if you look at all of those ports where they're sailing from, they all have those Barbados, Nassau, Montego Bay, all major airlift uh, markets. You can fly there very easily. You'll be on a ship the same day. So, um, you know, it's it's or the night before if you if you want to, um, you know, spend a spend a little more time uh, in the destination. But look at the condition, look at the look at the website first um, and speak with your travel advisor to get the exact uh, conditions again under which you'll be sailing. But uh, but it's out there. It's available.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You you say that, you know, of course, cruise ships can move. So if the business is not one place, they go to another place. And a prime example we've seen of that is here in Miami, where Virgin Cruises was supposed to have launched their first first cruise ship, Scarlet Lady, uh, last year. Of course, that didn't happen, but it was supposed to happen here again uh, in June. And Virgin announced last week that the Scarlet Lady Lady will no longer home home port here in Miami. She's going to actually home port, home ports in Portsmouth in England and she's (laughs) going to do for now some staycations at seas uh very short cruises around the British Isles for vaccinated British passengers so maybe we'll see the scarlet scarlet lady back here uh in Miami and on our Caribbean side of the world who knows but as you say the cruise ship's got to go where the cruise ship's got to go so off they go
1: off they go. And it, it's it's to the joy of the frequent cruisers who are going to be the ones who go back first. They, you know, they have no apprehension whatsoever about getting aboard a ship again. And certainly in a fully vaccinated environment, um, I don't think they should. So
0: as I'm sure everyone has heard by now, on April 9th, La Soufrière, the volcano in St. Vincent and the Grenadines on the actual island of St. Vincent erupted. Uh, it continues to erupt ten days later, and we have seen effects not just on Saint Vincent but on neighboring islands. So, just to recap, thirty villages in the north of the island were forced to evacuate uh, on April ninth. Uh, we had the pla- essentially the island is covered in ash and dust from the volcano. The big problem is that one hundred and ten thousand people, the population of uh, Saint Vincent and the Grenadines, are now left without water, drinking water, and electricity. So this is causing a huge problem, of course, on top of the worldwide pandemic that we're having. We have seen, uh, I know that uh, Royal Caribbean sent in a cruise ship Um, to transport US citizens out to St. Martin a while ago. And I know that everyone's really trying to do something to help the Vincentians, which of course is very difficult because we are in the middle of a pandemic. And I know that I understand the Prime Minister, Mr. Ralph Gonzalez, was saying that you needed to have been vaccinated to have gotten out um, on these relief ships. So it's a bit of quite a bit of problems they're having there in St. Lucia and I've had, sorry, in um, St. Vincent. And I've had a lot of people ask me, well, how can they contribute? Because of course, as Caribbean lovers, we want to help our fellow Caribbean people. And so far, there has been a lot of small funds, but not any one major fund that I can direct you to. But there are two things that I can tell you that I have checked out. If you go to GoFundMe. There's the United Kingdom St. Vincent and Grenadines Friendship Trust. You look for them at UK SVG Friendship Trust. They have already raised more than £195,000 to relief for St. Vincent. Excuse me. They have raised more than £195,000 for relief to the Vincentians, and they hope to raise £250,000. If you are in America uh, and you want to make a financial donation, you can do so via Zelle, the banking app, to SVG Relief USA. And the email for that is SVG Relief 784 at gmail.com. And that is endorsed by the Caribbean Diaspora Disaster Relief Coalition. So if you do want to help Vincentians, I encourage you to. I know if they're do- doing donations in your area, canned goods, and uh, water are much more useful than blankets or clothing have been told so and we can understand that because there's really no fresh water right now and it's really quite interesting the way we have seen the dust affect the easternmost caribbean island which is barbados and we're going to discuss later how someone has uh is making creative use of that dust we'll talk about that later but for now if you want to help st vincent please do so um, either through the gofundme or via zelle we are thrilled to have with us today on Complete Caribbean the Minister of Tourism and Investment for Antigua, Mr. Charles Max Fernandez. Welcome, Minister Fernandez. How
2: are you? Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
0: You know, I'm going to start off with a very easy question, but something I've been dying to know. Brian and I actually have been dying to know, which is if your name is Charles, why does everybody call you Max? Because you know, I like to call you Minister Max.
2: Yes. Well, actually, it's a story that went way back since I was a kid, even before I knew about it. But there was a a particular book that I enjoyed very much who had a character in it called Mr. Maxwell. And uh, so um, every time I'd asked to to, to have that story read to me, I just said, I was Mr. Maxwell today. And the name just sort of stuck. (laughs) So that is very simple, very easy. Nothing onto a. Uh in terms of that <laughs> name. So uh, don't let it's it It's a good dry. story. We've the farmers
1: in our sense.
0: Yeah, that an exclusive. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yes. And so I can so am I then allowed to continue to call you Minister Max? Is that
2: okay? You can call me anything that is uh, above board, sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'll kick off with the first real question, which is, you know, tell us, of course, what everybody wants to know right now as as We're starting to open up to travel again. People are getting vaccinated and we're thinking about where we want to go. And of course, Antigua is on our list. So tell me a bit about the current situation there in Antigua in terms of the COVID infection status. How many cases have you had? Are these cases um, just in in the community spread or in tourist areas? Give us a bit of an overview.
2: So basically at the moment, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we have three new cases as of yesterday, the last time I checked, and uh, which means that we are plateauing down. I wouldn't say it's a, a thing dropped, but we were a, a, a bit higher earlier in the year, and uh, we believe that is because a number of our people came back home who were supposed to quarantine and, and ignored a number of the regulations that were put in place for quarantining by the uh, Ministry of Health. And that caused, we think, a number of spread within the communities. So um, that was a, a problem we faced. We then had to shock the system. The Ministry of Health then worked uh, in, um, asked the government to implement a, a, a shutdown of the bars and restaurants. We believe, you know, in the Caribbean, we we enjoy going to a bar and, we and do. all kind of loud discussions. And of course, when that happens, then with the nature of the, the the pandemic is one such that, or the nature of the infection is one such that is spread in the air, and we tend to be very vocal and loud when we start to put in our local rum. So we, we shut the bars down. At, at the moment, the bars are still closed. Uh, we just, as of today, opened back up to 11 p.m. Prior to that, it was 8 p.m. Um, okay. um, from from early in the year. And um, the restaurants are fully open now. Of course, everybody has certain regulations that they have to follow, a number of protocols. And um, in terms of the hospital, we have about, if I'm not mistaken, the last I checked, we have 12 persons that are in hospital that are being cared for. What the government did early on um, with the advent of the pandemic was to uh, operate or get PAHO to, uh, to guide us towards implementing uh, a system whereby we'd have an infectious disease center. So with their guidance, we were able to put in that center, which had ventilators, oxygenators, everything, a separate wing. We now uh, increased another, uh, increased that. We have another area that we've made available. So we have in excess, if I'm not mistaken, of about 50 beds that are available Um, Thank God we don't, we haven't been able, we haven't used more than maybe two or three beds there at any one time. So uh, and we hope it remains that way. The point is uh, that we are uh, geared up because we felt we needed to be ready and if any of our people and or our guests uh, received any kind of illness they could be assured that they would get above average or just about almost the best treatment that would be available out there in terms of the equipment needed to, to fight the, 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 the symptoms of the pandemic, uh, of COVID-19. So that's where we are right now. Uh, we're beginning to, to open back. We have uh, vaccinated about, if I'm not mistaken, about 30, 35% of our um, uh, persons 18 and over. Uh, it could actually be a little bit higher, we may be, because we've had some more um, vaccines arrive and we continue to roll it out. So we're probably closer to about 40% now. Those are amazing
0: numbers, Minister Max. Yes,
2: and we are hoping hoping to reach herd immunity, the the 60%, 70% around there by the end of June. And that is our target date. So we are working very, very hard. Fantastic uh, news. um, Yes. Presently, we have the AstraZeneca vaccine that we have been using. We also have acquired a number of the Sputnik vaccines. Those are yet to be rolled out. But we, are, uh, we think we're working towards a good place because it's very important, as I said, not just for the visitors, but more important for our own people. So we, we believe that we are, we, we expect that the, this pandemic will be, even if it doesn't totally go away, will be at a case where it can be managed and we want to be in the position to be able to manage it as a result of that, we are putting everything in place to look for anything so that anything comes out that's uh, untoward or something that we're not expecting. We want to stay ahead of the curve. So that's what yes. we have been doing in terms of that. We also anticipate that we will have a, a very good season come uh, the third and definitely the fourth quarter this year. As a matter of fact, uh, we, be, we have already started seeing Cruise lines coming to planning to come to Antigua as early as June, and so we have to ensure that we have everything in place. We, as you might have known, is that we are the first to open within the region for air travel as of June first, 2020, and uh, we. we, So we have a fair amount of experience. We have a lot of confidence in what we're doing. Uh, One of the things that I think has gone a long way to us. Is uh, or towards us getting it right is the fact that early on, sometime around March, April last year, April last year, we got the cabinet, Ministry of Tourism got the cabinet to agree to allow for us to put an, uh, a doctor within the ministry, an epidemiologist trained doctor, plus one or two other people who were trained in, um, in, med- in the medical field. So what happens is we didn't need, while the Ministry of Health was concentrating on the pandemic, we were concentrating and getting protocols in place to welcome all people back. And that has worked very well. So what we have done is we have worked really hard, gotten all the protocols, working with our international partners, i.e. our air people, our cruise people, and our yachting people, which are the three pillars of our tourism industry. And we would then take those protocols, our medical people would take them to the Ministry of Health, and they will be able to speak the same kind of uh, medical ease, with medical ease, and, and that made it a lot better. And I think it also saved a lot of time because you didn't have the Ministry of Health starting from uh, from the s- step one. We did everything, not only that, we had a feel as to what our passengers, what we would do to, to really make it um, as good as possible uh, uh, for our arriving passengers. So you had the input from tourism, but you had our medical personnel looking at it and saying, we don't think this is a good thing. We said, okay, how can we change it to work it? And so I think that has worked exceptionally well for us. We then worked to ensure we trained all of our frontline persons. When I say frontline, I don't only mean in terms of our industry, customs, immigration, uh, taxi operators, uh, taxi dispatchers, uh, red caps, all our hotel employees, everyone, all of our tour operators, everyone, and also uh, bars, restaurants, everything had to be redone. So we were felt very, very confident by the time we reopened. And for the first, from June to December, early January, there was very little infection coming in. Uh, we all now, looking back at it, realize that our Achilles' heal, as has happened in a number of other countries, is our own people coming back in, not adhering to the protocols related to self-quarantine and that kind of thing. But other than that, I'm, I'm pleased to say that we, we are really looking forward to our third, fourth quarter, and we anticipate that it's going to be very, very good for both our Ryan guests and also keeping our people safe. In terms of what uh, obtains at the moment, if you're coming in and staying at an inspected and certified property, whether it's an AB&B or a hotel property, <clears throat> and you have a negative a PCR test within seven days that is negative, you come in, the usual temperature check is done, no flu symptoms, you, you automatically then take a certified taxi and these taxis have all the decals saying COVID-certified to carry passengers, uh, which means the taxi operator understands all the, gam- the whole gambit of how to go about protecting himself and the passengers. And then you get to your resort or you get to, your, to the AB&B, and that's fine. And you, Antigua was one of the first to mandate the, the mask wearing, and that still obtains at this moment. So outside of the resort... Minister, do
0: you have, any, do you have a quarantine at all? Can you just... Um, Clarify. Yes, we, we do have is a quarantine.
2: A quarantine is mainly for persons who are coming in uh, and do not, are not staying in a certified villa or, or resort. And they're, uh, they're going to be staying perhaps with family when we can't take a chance with that. So, for example, you may have a, a, a student in Jamaica, for example, that may be considered high risk. And as a result of that, that person comes in rather than going into home with the family, uh, they go into the, uh, we have another hotel that we converted to uh, a a quarantine area and they will go to that area and we provide them with meals. There's medical personnel that checking them daily and so on at the end of 14 days, no symptoms, everything is okay. They can check out. Of course, they would have come in Ah. with a negative PCR test. Okay,
0: so therefore, if you're staying in a hotel, there is no quarantine, which if you are, okay, understood. You're staying in a hotel
2: and you have no symptoms. If you come to the island and you, you display symptoms, then what we will do is we'll swab you at the airport. You'll still go to your resort, but you're notified, the resort is notified to keep you in your room until the result comes back within another 24 hours. If it's negative, fine, you go about your way, your business, no problem. So that is basically what it is. It's almost a two tier system. You can say uh, the tourists that come into the island are basically moving within a bubble. Our people, unfortunately, come in, they're supposed to be quarantining, they go and visit their neighbor, they take their masks off, they hug in, they, they hug in their family without a mask on. The family then go out to their jobs or go out to their other uh, businesses, and you, that is where one person. Can can uh, patient zero can really uh, uh, spread the, the, the disease? So we're very very careful with that. Uh, one of the things we do, if you for example stay with a uh, family who has a, a, a studio apartment nearby, uh, they they may be the, the minute they, the port health people at the airport were the final arbiters with terms of that. We now have electronic bands. They could put one on you, and you will go there to ensure that you don't leave. That. Uh, property that you say you 're going to, some people have a property here. they, they spend time away, they come back, they stay at their property, they have nobody with them. You put a ban on them, and they go. Kids under twelve and I think uh, under twelve, uh, children below the age of twelve will not have to uh, quarantine, and uh, they don 't require a, a PCR test so uh, that. but basically that 's it in a nutshell. Now, I understand you've also
1: made an effort uh, um, to vaccinate, uh, as part of your vaccination, to vaccinate tourism workers. Can you speak about that a little bit?
2: Yes, what we did, <clears throat> we made a priority <clears throat> to vaccinate our, again, for our tourism frontline workers, i.e., uh, we went to the, the hotels, offered the vaccinations to the hotel staff, we went to the airport, customs, immigration, and the, the cruise port and so on. So everybody who would come in contact with a visitor would be considered frontline for us. Of course, we we also treated the persons 65 and over as uh, frontline, want of a better term, or high risk. We also um, did a carve out for persons in the prison, uh, persons within other institutions on the island. So we really, treated that as a priority, not just to look to manage our visitors, but as I said, to protect our people. Because at the end of the day, too, if our cases spike, nobody would want to come here anyway. So it has to be a dual thing. And we can't say that we are putting ourselves out for visitors, but then ignoring our people. Our people people are first. And of course, our visitors are treated as, as you would treat a guest in your home. I think that's
0: the way to go. That's definitely the way forward because as both Brian and I have been saying, you know, when we travel today, it's not just about keeping yourself safe, but it's about the people in the destination you're going to who are doing everything to give you the best vacation of a lifetime. You want to protect them too and keep them as safe as possible.
1: Yes. So. that 's great so I think we 're running close to our, um, our uh, extension of time, but um, I think Sarah, maybe we want to get to uh, closer to our, our some of our last questions where we get a little personal with with uh, mr. Minister, but first ask yes
0: <laughs> yes
1: first ask well i 'll ask what attractions, Mr. Minister, what attractions and activities you 've mentioned that there are definitely certified activities, and there are some things with <clears throat> I was in Antigua only two thousand and nineteen only a little while ago, and i I was with you for a little while, Mr. Minister, during that visit, and uh, we did a variety of things. We were all over the island. Of course, it's a wonderful place. My grandfather's from Antigua, so I always mention it every time I'm with
2: you. You have good pedigree, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Supposedly, uh, we live near where the airport is now, and they had land there at once. But um, what are the attractions, Mr. Minister, that are that are some of the signature attractions that you want to do as part of your Antigua visit that are available
2: right now? Mm. Well, uh, yes, Antigua is unique in that we have a sister island, Barbuda. We also have a number of other islands. So for example, uh, in terms of persons coming by yacht, they can uh, spend time in Antigua and go to a different island uh, every so often. Barbuda is 68 square miles. Uh, there are a number of like the Nobu restaurant is now opened in Barbuda. Uh, that's the very nice, restaurant. yeah, with the famous uh, movie star. Uh, so that is open now. Uh, we have uh, two other resorts that are, are looking to be completed. We have a, a major golf course that is being uh, put there also. We are also redoing the airport there. So that is a that, that in and of itself uh, is a, a variance with with Antigua. The sand in Barbuda, as you know, is pink in some of the beaches, pure pink sand, which is very unique uh, to, Ant- to to the Caribbean. In addition to that, of course, in Antigua, we brag 365 beaches and on a leap year, we are told that you can, if you look really carefully, you can find an extra one <laughs> uh, in terms of, I love that. so just just going about is, is very good. and. One of the unique things about Antigua that we're very, very proud about, you would have, of course, if you've been here, realize that our people are amongst the nicest in the world. And that is, I think, the the, the most important thing that we have to promote, that we're very, very friendly people. In terms of crime, Antigua has the lowest crime in rate in the region per capita. And, um, and, And that's something that we're really, really proud about too. Even during the pandemic, when we have seen uh, a lot of persons out of work and so on, the crime has even gone down even further. So we are, we are, everybody's helping everybody. As I said, we are, we're one big loving family, and, and that's how we want to keep it. And that is why a lot of people that come here want to come back. In terms of places to visit, uh, I'm a history buff myself. So I would say that for me- I was going to ask list, you, that
0: was- that was my question. My question was going to be, of all the things you can do in Antigua right now, and it sounds like all the attractions are pretty much open, <coughs> um, of all the things you can do, yeah. what's the one thing that is gets the Minister Max seal of approval? Yes. What would you do? What's in that number one thing?
2: I, I would say the, 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 we, we have the Antigua Naval Port, which is now a lot of people refer to it as Nelson's Dockyard, because that is where Lord Nelson uh, operated from. So there's a museum yes. there. And there's a lot of walking trails there. We are now actually in the process of, uh, we had a number of uh, African slaves that worked there and a number of free of Africans that ran away from the the plantation up into the hills there. So we're doing a lot of work right now, restoring that. And that is very, very rich history for me. It's also one of the few UNESCO uh, certified sites in the Caribbean. So you have a UNESCO site in Antigua. We are also looking, again, as a history buff, we have a number of other forts uh, that we are now looking to see how we can bring back. They're very, very expensive to do, and it's not something that you can easily do because you have to really get artisans to really bring it back to the authentic way it was years ago. So for me, the number one place would be the uh, Nelson's Dockyard, what we refer to as the Nelson Dockyard, the Falmouth Harbour area, which is almost like a, a different area of Antigua, like going to a different part of Antigua, like old San Juan kind of thing. So me, yes. I, I, I would say that for me would be number one. Um, of course, you can do everything else. You can do the, the island tours. You can do snorkeling, horseback riding, um, just about anything uh, snorkeling deep-sea diving, um, sailing, everything is available for you here. We also actually are doing a number of, uh, what you call it again, uh, parasailing. That is becoming very important, or kite sailing. That is becoming very um, important for us. We are looking uh, to expand even further into that, where we will have, like sailing week is very big for us, as you know, in the last week in April. And yes. we're now looking to have a kite sailing week, which is something that we wanted to develop to launch in 2020. But, of course, the pandemic told us, hold on a bit. So that is, those are some of the things that I think you can do. You, is, I mean, if you spend a week here. You haven't done everything. You've got to come back. <laughs> you know, time. I, so I, think, think
0: I think both Brian and I are convinced that we need to come to Antigua very soon. We need to have and you take us around the Royal... You. Right, we'll, you take us around the Royal Naval Dockyard, but just as long as we get to stop on a Sunday at Shirley Heights, is that a
2: is that, that is a deal? True. And and Shirley Heights, a restaurant is open now. Okay, uh, good to know. Some, there is some concern, oh. and, and as to how many people can gather and so on, which is understandable. But yes, yes Shirley Heights, of course, as you as you quite rightly put actually overlooks the nelson's dockyard right so that is an ideal location for a sunday afternoon or for any afternoon for that sounds like a a date to me brian oh yeah (laughs) sounds
0: Sounds like a date
2: (laughs) definitely (laughs) definitely (laughs)
0: Minister Max, we're so very happy that you were able to join us on Complete Caribbean. I think I speak for Brian when I say that we are now very excited and enthusiastic about coming back to Antigua. We're very impressed with how you guys have managed the spread of the pandemic, the spread of coronavirus there. And I love the way you've put your tourism workers for, first with getting them in terms of getting them vaccinated. And it's good to know that almost everything on the island is open and ready for our arrival.
2: Definitely. And we look forward to welcoming you and rolling out uh, the red, blue, uh, green, whatever color carpet it is that you want. We'll roll it out for you. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you. We'll be happy to be there. Thank you. Keep safe. All the
1: best. Thank you very much for that fascinating interview, Minister Max. Uh, Minister Max, and now we know uh, how that Minister Max came about, as he, as he mentioned very innocently. Uh, uh, no intrigue behind Minister Max's name and, and just a great information-based uh, interview, something that uh, we can all take something from about travel to Antigua and Barbuda. So thank you. Uh, Minister Max. Um, I want to go to our third and final segment always here on a complete Caribbean island inbox where Sarah and I talk about just some things we noticed and uh, we're on our minds uh, about our favorite travel region uh, this past week and I have to mention I must mention that uh, talking about travel I now have uh, I have a new passport I have my new passport Uh, it just arrived and, uh, Sarah's smiling. So, uh, you know, we know how that yes, feels. I am and,
0: congratulating uh, awesome. you, Brian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it, and it came through the mail and it came within f- exactly four weeks. So, I mean, someone fixed the mail or something, cause I was very, you know, uptight about, about this getting lost and making it, you know, the whole thing, but it came, uh, with no problems whatsoever. And, uh, anytime you have a new passport, I'm old enough to have had a couple now and, um, uh, it, it you know you look back at the older one uh, when you get a new one and uh, what strikes me now is just like all the travel you know but you know I'm a travel editor but like I look at one page and within a month I was in the Dominican Republic, Jamaica, Barbados, Saint Kitts and Nevis, and Mexico, and uh, I have uh, like colorful stamps and passports and visas stamps and visas. Uh one from Brazil here and one from Colombia. That's a just a piece of paper uh stapled into the into the passport. And then uh, another one from El Salvador, um, also real colorful. This the the Central America and some of the Caribbean ones are always very colorful. It's you know, it's something you keep and something that I, I mentioned to uh like I, I don't think I'm gonna have any grandchildren, but my my brother's children, uh Will have children, and I say that when they, when I, when I'm not going anywhere, I'll prove to them. See, I actually did go to all these places. It's not just a bunch of stories. Your your grand uncle just made up. Okay, so <laughs> I actually did go to these places. So I'm lucky enough to have my new passport. So that's new. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was, um, you know, I noticed a, an item, uh, and I want to make sure I got it right here. So I'm going to look at my notes. Um, Grenada um, has proposed legislation to Decriminalize marijuana. Now, um, I've mentioned that because um, for many people it's a part of Caribbean vacations. Um, people do that when they're in the Caribbean and in the U.S. <laughs> surprisingly, but you know it's a part of Caribbean vacations. Um, they're discussing that as they are here in many states in the U.S. They've done the same thing. And uh, this art- this item, notes that Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica, and Antigua and Barbuda have already approved legislation to decriminalize the use of marijuana. So, um, you know, it's a part of vacationing in the Caribbean for some folks and it's, it's available. Um, I think folks know where to access it when they need it. Uh, um, uh,
0: (laughs) I think generally in the Caribbean, it comes to you, doesn't it? You kind of never really have to ask for it, right? It kind of comes to you.
1: You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's easily obtained. And, uh, you know, so, um, you know, I, you know, it's a part of people are lax about it in a, in a sense that uh, they're going to be, they they figure if you're doing something in your own room, it's private and, you know, and, you know, nobody's going to, you know, trouble you as they would say, you know, in the Caribbean, but be aware that it is, you know, be respectful if you're going to be doing that. And, uh, you know, it's 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 still illegal um, in large amounts. Um, and trafficking certainly is illegal, just like it is in the U.S. And uh, there is an element of uh, Caribbean, you know, I'm the son of Caribbean folks. And there is an element of conservatism among older Caribbean folks who don't, uh, you know, they're not looking at the whole party Um identification of uh, Caribbean destinations as uh, something that represents them so um you know be respectful and uh, everybody will get along fine but uh, but that is coming in the Caribbean
0: yes Brian I agree with you I think that we should approach smoking of marijuana in the Caribbean very much the way we approach topless bathing or nude bathing in the Caribbean you understand that it's a We are in a conservative region, generally, um, and it's something you do with respect for other people around you. And, you know, just, yeah, respect. Respect, I think, is respect, as we say, is very, very important. (laughs) Respect. Respect. Moving on. (laughs) I wanted to tell you about two things. So the first thing, of course, is shopping related. remember when we were talking about the St. Vincent volcano that La Soufrière um, erupting, I said that someone in Barbados, where they have received a lot of ash and continue to receive so much ash that uh, I believe that the uh, Grantley Adams Airport only opened yesterday. But they have had, you know, everywhere has been blanketed in ash there. It's been quite an issue for them. But there's an artist I follow on Instagram, and she has done what we say in Jamaica, turn your hand, make fashion. She has used her creativity uh, to help. So what she's done is she's gathered all this, you know, swept up all the ash from outside her house. And now she actually makes jewelry resin jewelry little resin pendants that um have particles of ash in them as a sort of a little memento of what's happened in the last couple weeks and she if you buy them from her she will be donating 10 percent of her proceeds from sale to uh st vincent volcano relief so if you want to check her out on instagram she's michelle arbo at michelle arbo m-i-c-h-e-l-l-e R-B-O-W-E and you can get buying instructions there and you can see the pendants which are really really gorgeous beautiful Uh, I think she has about four different uh, varieties of you know four different versions of how they look you can buy them with the chain or without but I just thought that was a great example of Caribbean people being so creative and also doing something to help themselves too and to help their neighbours so check out the ash resin jewellery at Michelle Arbo and then my final thing This is really exciting to me, actually. And another example of Caribbean creativity. So if you've ever been to the Bahamas, you might know that for the last 45 years, they've had this program called the Meet the People Program, People to People Program. I'm sorry. Jamaica's is called Meet the People Barbados is people-to-people. My apologies to Jamaica. I'm talking about Bahamas. So in the Bahamas, for 45 years, they've had a program where they would, if you applied in advance, they could match you with a local person who had interest in whatever you were interested in. And like you might go to their house and have dinner. They may take you shopping at the craft market, that kind of thing. But as you can imagine, with the pandemic, all those people-to-people programs you know, kind of got scuppered. But the smart people over at Bahamas Tourism, Bahamas.com, have decided to take virtual to take virtual the People to People program. So now you can go on to Bahamas.com and sign up for these small, intimate, no more than five people Zoom sessions where, for example, a Bahamian will, you know, be walking around somewhere on Zoom and taking you with them and showing you the sites that they're seeing. You can do a Zoom cooking class one-on-one with a people ambassador. They're going to open their homes to you and they'll be Zooming and showing you, you know, how to make some... Bahamian specialty. Uh, There's happy hour like a local, and um, you can learn how to make a particular cocktail, the Bahama Mama cocktail, I believe, over Zoom. So I think this is a great idea that we can connect. I mean, I know that a lot of us have had a lot of screens, but until we can get back to the Bahamas, how cool is it that now they've decided to take the People to People program virtual? I think it's very cool. You go to Bahamas.com and sign up and book your Zoom. And you never know, I might be on one of them. So I just might see you there.
1: Well, I don't think there's anything bad about learning how to mix a Bahama mama, you (laughs) know, on uh, via Zoom. So uh, sounds good to me. I think so, too.
0: I feel like we've come to the end of our, every time, the time goes so, so very quickly here, but we're so glad that you joined us. Brian and I love nothing more than to talk about the Caribbean and we're happy to share all our little Caribbean notes and intel with you. So we're going to wrap it up for this, our second episode. I'm very happy you joined us. Um, Whether you listen to us on TravelPulse.com, whether you found us on Spotify or Apple or through Google, we're very happy you joined us. And we really do hope that you subscribe so that you won't miss a minute of our bi-monthly podcast.